Good morning, Kingston, Frontenac, Gananoque, and Napanee. It's 8.54 on this very gray morning with rain in the forecast for later today. But first, shocking news from downtown Kingston early yesterday afternoon. Construction workers at the Big Dig excavation site along Princess unearthed what have now been identified as human remains. The grisly discovery was made by Big Dig site operations coordinator Lisa Gibson. Here with the story is staff journalist Emma May. Workers on the Big Dig project in downtown Kingston are no strangers to setbacks. The infrastructure refurbishment project has been fraught with complications since day one. But when operations coordinator Lisa Gibson took her lunch break yesterday afternoon, she could have never expected this. Lisa, can you explain exactly what you found? Well, every day this summer, my wife has packed me a turkey sandwich, usually with Sriracha mayo, because that's how I like it. But the weather's been getting to get cold, right? So she's all worried about me working outside in the cold. And yesterday, she doesn't pack me a turkey sandwich. No. Nope. Soup. Three beans. Soup. Yes, but can you tell us about the bones? Well, that's the thing, eh? You can stand up to eat a turkey sandwich, but you have to sit down to eat soup. So I take my break, and I go over to this big heap of dirt that we dug up probably last Wednesday. It's got these big rocks in it. So I sit on one, and I open my little soup can. My wife got me this nice new one. And I'm just about done eating when I look down, and right between my boots is these weird rocks, long and skinny and sticking up out of the dirt. Only they weren't rocks. They were ribs. I yell for Chris, and he comes over and takes a look, and sure enough, ten minutes later, we find half a skull. And these big old leg bones, too, really puts you off your lunch, eh? A harrowing ordeal, I'm sure. Live on location for CFRC Kingston, I've been Emma May. Thank you, Emma. To shed a little more light on this macabre discovery, we have Queen's University professor Martina de Almeida, who teaches in the Department of Classics and Archaeology. We reached her on Queen's campus. Dr. de Almeida, hello. What can you tell us about these bones? Can we learn who they are? Good morning. Thank you for having me. Initial investigation does not point to any signs of a consecrated burial site. No grave marker or casket to speak of. And uh, the proximity of the burial to what would have historically been Store Street before it was named Princess does suggest that this grave was on residential property. The bones do appear to be female, probably in her early 20s, given the size and at least 150 years old. This site is very difficult, since it's been so disturbed and the remains are so incomplete. Once we have the totality of the remains back in our office, we will be able to undergo more significant study, but it's likely we will never be able to identify them or identify things like cause of death. Kingston is an old city by settler standards, and there are a number of unmarked burial sites across the city. Many residents will know the story of areas like Skeleton Park and the history of these. Over here! Come here! Get... Damn it. Lord on the cross? Oi. I don't know why he bought that right bloody dog. He said he's gonna teach her to haunt. What's she going to haunt in the town of Kingston? Except the rats digging at the rubbish pile. No, he said. He's going to take her out to the countryside. Going to hunt a meal for his wife? I said, good luck with that. We don't have as much as a cart and besides anything to pull it. It ends up, he never damn taught her to hunt. So now, she's the most wild, thumping mutt you ever met. Digging in the soot of the kitchen hearth, growling round in the garden. And of course, one day, I come round the back porch 
to see the damn gate swinging open. And now the sopping dog is gone, flying down the street. But I spot her muddy tracks and follow them right down to that new little neighbor's house. The husky man with the pretty wife. And of course, the dog's not out front, so I know she's causing trouble. And I hint that she's flinging around in the back of the house. There's a little laneway out the back of the house beside Store Street. Laneway that mostly just leads to an open field. Almost the edge of town and... Someone must own it, though I don't know who. Nothing out there right now. But I see the dog, of course. She's running amok like a goose with one wing, running right through the clean white linen, hanging on the line there right back the neighbor's house. It's covered in mud. Absolutely thick with it. The day's washing, probably two days worth at least, ruined for sure. I grab the damn dog, Gitching her by the back of her neck, drag her all the way home, lock her up in the cupboard beneath the hutch in the kitchen. But of course, conscience gets the best of me, and I have to go over and apologize to the new neighbors for my dog mucking up their beautiful clean sheets. So I shuffle up the street and knock on the door. wife answers. Pretty thing. Right small, but I can see she has an edge to her. Her hair's all piled up. She's no bonnet or cap, but she looks the sort to wear ribbons. She's got a plain blue dress on. Little frills at the sleeves. Hello, don't think we've met before. What can I do for you, miss? Mrs. McCammon? Uh, sorry. We haven't met. I know you came back in the house a while ago, but we were in the middle of pulling up the patch around the back garden, with that damn right tree rotten away. Taking it down the same weekend you come in, and of course then it's Sunday. And that's right rude. Sorry. What I mean is, I'm sorry my husband and I didn't come round to introduce ourselves. Uh, I'm Mrs. McCammon. I... I live just up the street there. If you look up the store street, it's right round the corner from that little lane. I'm Mrs. Rigney. Rigney. Oh, my... I'm afraid our house is not ready to entertain. We've only just arrived, you see. I'm terribly sorry. Oh, Grace. I'm the one who should be sorry. It's the dog, of course. She was thundering around and then she, um... Lord on the cross. I'm losing all my words. Batting about like a fly against glass. I try to get the story out, explain about the bloody dog and the washing, and then I give her a few pieces for the time and the waste, or even take it in myself. It'd be slow on my small stove, though. I, I try to tell her what's happened to those beautiful, beautiful sheets floating on the line like the veils of angels. But I can't. I just stare at the bits of frilly lace at her sleeve, and her hands dancing beneath them like perfect trapped birds. I look at the gathers round her waist, clinging tight round to her middle, to fall into crooked pleats loose around her hips. I look at the shoulders, her shoulders, pulled back. And as small as she is, she stands high. I look at her collar, her bodice, her blue dress cut with the fashionable lines you see now. It's a lovely dress. Oh, Grace, I said that out loud now, didn't I? Oh, thank you. It's just my house dress. We're still arranging the house. Lots to do. My husband is out. He's across the river. He has a new position with the military men. Some sort of service to the brigadier. I don't know exactly, but they pay him well now. And we're in Kingston, and I've been told it's quite nice here. Is it? Is it... Is it quite nice here? Oh, I... It's quite nice here. The lake is... Well, I mean, not to suppose I know what you like. Blathering idiot. Tells your tongue a stop wagon, your heart to stop racing, and your mind to think some clear thoughts. Tell the girl bouts your damn dog. I have a dog. 
A dog? Oh, I love dogs. When we were in the city, I could never have a pet. I've always wanted one. You won't like my dog. She's a terrible dog. You won't like my dog. Who says that? I can't think straight. I just keep staring at her blue dress with the stupid frills around the sleeve. Who wears a dress like that, scrubbing down her house and stripping up the wallpaper? I'm sure she's a lovely dog. She is lovely. Lovely dog. Oh, but not today. Terrible dog today. She wrecked all your bed things. Your pretty white bed things all mocked up. Right ruined the bed things. I keep saying the word bed things. Screaming it into her foyer. It's echoing around and every time I say it, I see her shrink back at the intimacy of it. Finally, I just shut up and I point around the corner. She sees all the mud and the trampled up sheets. <laughs> and she laughs, laughing at me or with me or for me or to me. She says, did your dog do that? Oh, she must have a fiery spirit. I'll tell you what, can you help me take this in? I have so much more in the laundry to be doing anyways. It's downright endless when you move house and I'm here all by myself. She hikes up her skirt and I watch her slip off her house shoes. She puts on her boots without doing up the laces. She comes right out into the garden and she starts wrapping the sheets around her arms. Her forearms swaddled like two big babies. She puts them off and right down into my lap. When I'm holding the whole pile of them, she bids me into the kitchen. We go into the back door. The fire's going and it smells like cooking. Would you like some tea? The days certainly turn cold and I could use a spot. Huh. It'll be a cold night too if I can't get these bed things dry by the evening. She doesn't have bed things. Poor thing needs a bed. The soaking sheets must have been heavier than I thought because I'm breathing hard. No, I can't. I have to be gone. Oh, you're sure? I catch sight of that terrible frilly sleeve. There's the slightest bit of muck on it now from where she's brushed up against the sheets. No, I really must be gone. Oh. <laughs> this is McCannon. Oh, Lord on the cross. You startled the light of day out of me. The gate was open. I hope you don't mind. I was curious if that dog has made as much a mess of your garden as she has of mine. Oh, Tom's got her off trailing him today. Means I can pull up all this celeriac without no bother. It's frightful hot work, Mrs. Rigney. You'd think Edna. it- Edna. Hmm? You're welcome to call me Edna. Edna? It's my first name. <laughs> right, that. I, I realized it's just a hot day pulling at these damn knobs. You must be a strong girl for digging these up. Oh, I'm good at digging. I see. Do you have a cup out here? Cup? Cup. B by the pump. I keep one hung up on the side of the cold frame. Let me bring you a drink. Lord, I'm a briny beast, sweating enough to drown a whale. Here I am, hauling up roots, looking about as poised as a man in a mine shaft. And she comes wandering down with that beautiful sun hat. Look at her over at the water spout. She's too clean for the kitchen garden. With her hair all down the back of her neck and those dolly little ringlets. Look at the color of her hair like the burnt little edge of a sugar tart. Coffee with too much sweet cream in it. Her skin is so bright and clean. Well, I'm sure I'm red as the devil. Water. Sorry, my face is so red. Sorry, you're working hard. I swear to you, I'm not usually so flustered. Here, take the water. It's cool. Your face is lovely. And I like red. Oh, well. I saw your raspberry trees as I came round the side of your house. They were so red and winsome in the sunshine. And so 
I hope you don't mind. I did eat a few right off the trellis. She ate my raspberries. Suddenly, I'm filled with such horror. I feel I could eat yesterday's dinner the wrong way round. Should I be angry she ate my berries? Oi, maybe. But the thought of her eating my raspberries and I'm... Well, I'm not angry, so I just say... Oh, of course. They're certainly winsome. (laughs) Here, I slipped a handful of the little ones into my apron. They'll cool you off too. Oh, uh, my hands are so mucky. My hands are clean. Open your mouth. They're sweet. So late in the season, aren't they? Mm, mm-hmm. I have no imagination for what she must think of me. Standing here sweaty in the garden, while she strolls along fresh as a loaf of bread. <laughs> Lord on the cross. The damn berry juice is dribbling along down my chin. I have no imagination for what she must think of me. Waltzing into her garden unannounced. Taking her berries right off the tree. Feeding them into her mouth like I'm nursing a sick child. There's one drip of pulpy raspberry juice running down the corner of her mouth. I almost want to... Oh, did I just do that? Did she just do that? Reached out with her beautiful long finger and wiped the juice right off my chin. And then, right there, she puts her finger in her mouth and sucks the drip of juice off her fingertip. Well, um, I should be going. Oh, yes, you should. Oh, no, no. Come see my my runner beans. They're the length of your arm. I thank you for your raspberries. Well, let me show you off with something, of course. Here, rosemary. I know it takes forever to start rosemary, so you must not have it in your garden yet since you came. I've been growing this bush for years. Got plenty. Here, it's Sunday tomorrow. Take this for supper. There's rosemary. That's for remembrance. Pray you love, remember. What do I remember? (laughs) Nothing. It's Shakespeare, Ophelia. Oh, oh yeah. I hate Shakespeare. (laughs) I do need to get going. I have errands to run in town. Thank you for the rosemary. That's for remembering. Remember me well, then. Like I could forget her now. the sight of you. You've got all the St. Lawrence pouring down your front. Why'd you leave the house in a storm like this? In the middle of the night, no less. Well, come in, of course. Come in. Let's get you dry. I'll put the kettle on for a bit of brew. Oh, don't bother yourself with tea. Though, I wouldn't say no to some dry stockings. The mud along Store Street soaked them through. Of course. It's right wicked out there. And colder than you think. I'll stoke the stove. Oh, the only stove on in the house is upstairs. I suppose I could get the sitting room going. (laughs) Lose it! Come upstairs, I've got quilts up there too. Our bedroom is a wee bit plain compared to downstairs. As long as it's warm. Where is Tom? When the weather's fierce, he stays overnight in a room by the docks, just in case something happens in the shipyard. Ever since they rebuilt after that big fire around the warehouses in, what, 1840? He likes to stay nearby in case the devil makes use of the wind. 
means on stormy nights it's just me in this creaking house and you'd think I- Hugh is up at the fort. I imagine he's pacing the parade square or standing stock on the ramparts, reveling in his self-aggrandized stoicism in standing out in the rain and facing the storm. <laughs> Men. <laughs> I can't take it, though, Margie. The wind, the lightning, it frightens everything inside me. Is that why you're here? Forgive me. I was scared. I didn't want to be alone. Well, you're not alone now, and there's no reason to be scared of a little rain. Let's get you warm, all warmed up. Sit here by the stove. You're such a strong girl. Here's some dry stockings then, and a nightdress. It's thick wool, so it's right toasty. I figured your wet dress can't be too comfortable. Thank you, I'm really all right. You'll be more comfortable, of course. Yes, okay. Should I change here? Oh, well, we have another room across the hall. It'll be dark, but I can send you with a candle. Or, no, never cross your mind. No use sending you into the dark and getting you more afraid. You stay in the light in here, and I'll go. Don't be silly. Stay here. Oh, no, no. Just... (laughs) Close your eyes. Really? I'll just go into the hall. No, it's cold and dark. Stay here where it's warm. Okay. I'll close my eyes and I'll... I'll stand over here. And I did. I really did close my eyes. Shut them tighter than if I was canning them up for winter. But I heard her shuffling about. I swear I could hear her snap and open her buttons. Each by each. I could hear her unclasp the hook and eye at the nape of her neck. Heard her drawing out the string of her petticoat. Unfurling the ribbons of her stays. Heard the thump of her sodden wet dress hit the floor. And I looked. I opened my eyes, opened my eyes and just stared at her in the candlelight, all dips and slopes and flesh like peaches in August. I almost wanted to... Did you do this embroidery yourself? It's lovely. Oh, 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 that was long ago, that was. I've well moved on from stitching daisies now. Though I do love daisies. I'm doing meadow violets now on my prawn downstairs. Is that so? Stove is hissing. Let me put another bit of wood on. Actually, do you... Do you think I could go under the bed covers? I suppose. Probably warmest. Are you... Just going to stand there? Oh, well, of course I can sit. Margie. It's only... Margie, you can come into the bed. I'm... It's the dead of night. You must be exhausted. No one's ever been in this bedroom except Tom and I. And you said Tom's not here tonight. And I ain't ever... Shared a bed with someone who isn't your husband. Let alone a woman you hardly know who shows up dripping on your doorstep in the middle of a thunderstorm. Uh Uh-huh. Come into the bed, Margie. Your hair is wet. Oh, no, I'll move it. No, the pillow's wet. Oh, God, really? It's okay. I don't know, mind. You're... Awfully hospitable, given the circumstances. I didn't know what to expect when I set about on my way down here. All I could think about was how the thunder makes my bones shudder up through my skin. You're really that scared of storms? Fill me with a dread like nothing else. I know it's ridiculous, but I just can't take it. 
the fury of them, the sense that the world is ending around me, the sense that it's ending and bringing me with it. Oh, Edna, you're shaking. My nerves get thing the better of me. It's all right, you know. I know. I had a friend when I was little who was scared of thunder. We'd be out in the fields or up playing in the churchyard, and whenever the sky would go dark, she'd burst into tears. She'd cry and cry and run home to her mum. I seen her burying herself in her mum's skirts, clinging to her with all the force of hell, and hollering like a witch at sea over so much as a little rumble of summer thunder. Oh, Lord, I was just like that. You'd think it would get better once she grew up a little, but Flory was always scared of lightning. Lightning and thunder. Flory? Florence, but that was so stuffy for her. We were best friends growing up. What was she like? Had these giant brown eyes, like a soil in the sunlight, with all these swirls of other colors. Could arrival the stained glass of St. Andrews. St. Mary's is brighter. Ain't no place for those politics now. Not here in my... Bed? (laughs) (laughs) What happened to her? Just before I married Tom, she married a government man. When they moved the office out to Ottawa, he had to leave here, of course. I ain't seen her since. She wrote me once, told me she has two daughters now. (laughs) Life all wrapped up in a bit of paper. And you never saw her again? Ottawa's not that far. You could get out there. Maybe for a traveling girl like you, not the likes of me. I had a friend like that. Who's that then? Lisbeth. We went to school together in the city. And what was she like? Like spring and summer and autumn all in one day. Exhausting, really. She taught me to dance, you know. Oi, I didn't know you could dance. She always insisted on leading. She'd hold me around my waist and we'd spend forever twirling in her mother's sitting room. Edna, you're shaking. Poor thing, you must still be cold. Oh, it's this storm. It's eating up my nerves. Come here, then. Her hand is on my back, and suddenly every nerve in my body twists itself to stare right at the place where her skin touches mine. Her fingertips along my shoulder as her palm comes flat against my back. She rubs gently, like a mother comforting a scared child. My mom used to rub my back like this, to calm me. I don't know why I'm doing it, but she's making this throaty purr. Hmm. The pillows muffle most of it, but I can still hear it, and I suppose that means she likes it, so I keep doing it. And we're just lying there, her hand on my back. My heart in my throat. Our hips almost touching. Her face is tucked in beside mine, so close. I'm so close to her. I stare up at the ceiling in the dark, trying to slow down my breathing. Lord, I hope she can't hear. I can hear her breathing, slow and somber, 
Lake Ontario at night. I could lay like this forever next to her. I don't know how long we lay like that. Breathing. Touching. Intertwined. Mixed together. So close. I could kiss her. And I wouldn't even need to move. Is that dawn? The sky's pink. Hmm? What? Come here then, Freddy Cat. Come look outside. Oh, but the bed is so warm. You get up. Come here. Look. Oh, the floor is cold. Oi, sorry. Quick to the rug. Now, look out the window. Tell me what you see. The rooftops along Store Street. Mm -hmm. The spires of St. Mary's. St. Andrew's. St. George's if you crane your neck. The dome on City Hall. The lake. And fort beyond that. And above it? Above? There's nothing above. The sky, of course. Look at her. All pink and blue and violet. There isn't anything more beautiful in all of heaven and earth and hell combined. <laughs> okay. I'll admit she sweeps with many colored brooms. Adna, you see? This sky... That's the same sky that whipped us with that storm last night. Out of all that violence came all this peace. Ain't nothing to be afraid of when you remember on the other side of the fear as the beautiful. Well then, pray you love, remember. Now, how's about remembering some breakfast? Tom should be home soon. Now the sun's up. Thank you, Margie, but... I think I've benefited from your hospitality enough for one night. You're so... kind to me. Not even tea before you leave? Thank you. I stood at the window for a long time after she left. I watched her walk all the way down Store Street, dodging puddles as she made her way back to her home at the end of the laneway. The whole time I watched her, and long after she'd turned out of view, I felt that spot on my cheek burning from the press of her lips. A peck on the cheek, of course. That's all it was. A simple thing between friends. Can't mean anything more. Thank you again for coming over. The company is nice, especially with Hugh so busy with the garrison. You're sure Tom doesn't mind? Not at all. He's out with that damn dog. <laughs> <laughs> of course. What, what's next with this, then? Where did I put that little recipe book? Oh, here. All right. See here. We need the dry beans now. They are in a crock in the larder. I'll get them. You keep stirring. Trap. Oi. It's getting too thick. It's coming up at the bottom of the pot. No, no, it's just the potatoes. Here, let me. I think I can. No, no, here. Margie. Adna? You're, you're holding my hand. Oh, the spoon, Grace. my hand. Oh, no, my. it's nice. You can hold it. You smell like like. <laughs> you smell like your laundry. What? <laughs> no, it's just I. Your neck, your hair. It, it smells like your laundry. <laughs> your sheets from that first day. I smell like mud. Oh, no accord. <laughs> Margie, 
Have you ever... Only my husband? Would you? I would. <sighs> You're the first woman to ever kiss the likes of me. It's okay. I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know what she's doing here. Standing in my kitchen, pressing against her, pushing her back towards the wall. I feel her hands come up to my neck. Her fingers, still sticky from the dry beans, sink into my hair. It's all hands and lips and deep breaths of each other. I feel her hips against mine through layers of wet apron. My fingers dig themselves into the small of her back, the dip of her waist. It's almost... Grace, the beans! Lord in heaven, this is... I... <laughs> Oh, good God, they're everywhere. Oh, no, Margie, don't pick them up. We need a broom. Oh, goodness, I'll be finding them for days. Don't step. You'll squash them right under the cracks in the stone. Oh, goodness, how did we do this? It wasn't my backside. Oh, first I smell like muck, and now it's my big bum that's knocked the beans? You know I didn't mean that. Oh, I would no. never. I know. I got it all out, you know. The mud? I don't believe it. It was thick enough to drown the devil. I did. They're pristine. They're laid out on the bed upstairs. See for yourself. Edna, don't go around inviting me up to your bedroom. What if I went up myself and you happened to follow? Edna. Up here. They're so clean and soft. You won't believe it. Do you use tallow oil? In here. To get them soft. I find tallow oil always makes it greasy if the wash water is not hot. Come here. Lay down. <laughs> I... Shh. It's okay. Kiss me. And just like that, I'm full of Margie. I pull her to lay on top of me and she's all I can see. Her hair spilling down onto my face. My hands full of her thighs. She's ringing in my ears. She's pooling in my stomach. She's stretching and pulling me like warm wax between her palms. She knows exactly what she's doing. I have no idea what I'm doing. One moment I'm scraping beans out of a pot and the next I'm in Edna's beautiful bedroom with her lacy curtains and her perfect pink wallpaper and we're kissing, clinging, sucking on her bottom lip, tracing her teeth with my tongue, holding her face against mine, tasting her. She tastes like tomato vine, like juniper, like sailing along the St. Lawrence the day we first came to the city. Like fresh coffee and cooked sugar. Like embers smoldering beneath the bake oven. She begins to fumble at my dress and... I suddenly can't breathe. She's wearing that damn blue house dress. The ridiculous frills on the sleeve. I can't. I just... I begin to undo it. My damned hands have a life all their own, or at least a life I never taught them to have. They're pulling at her lace in her buttons, her hooks, until... I notice her hands... Helping, slow and calm where mine are frantic and shaken. I watch them dance together, working the dress away. They run together over the coarse tree, tracing the lines of her hips and her stays and her waist, stretching her corsets, lacing apart like layers of pastry when finally she's nothing but herself. And I find another place for my fingers. <sighs> she's making sounds. I hear my own breathing. Panting, feeling what she feels, feeling what I feel, warm and buttery, maple syrup poured over a finger. I'm watching her beautiful hands clutching at the perfect white bed sheets, and I remember Flory under the woodshed. What are you thinking about? I think I have to tell you something. Hmm? And what is that? I... Um... Well, you're not the first woman I've ever kissed. 
love to say that I could tell, but frankly, your lack of experience, Sean Bright. Oh, oh, come now. No, no. It's, it's but a joke. <laughs> Didn't I tell you, though, that I could tell? Could tell what? I could tell you were a strong girl. And that I am, of course. I can lift my weight in iron, and I righted our fallen fence all on my lonesome last spring. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Right, yes, that I'm strong. Very strong. Margie, a strong girl is not muscles. Right, no, I know, of course. It's um, more than that. Do you? No, I'm not quite following along just yet. A strong girl is a question. A question we ask of one another to know a secret. I'm still a bit adrift. You know how men are stronger than women? Oh, I know. Now, that's not true at all. You look at Tom and I. He's a skinny thing compared to my sausage arms. Okay. You know how men are supposed to be stronger than women? Yes, I know that. I go to church. Well, women that treat other women the way men treat women, well, where I'm from, we call them strong girls. Oh, I... Um, I think I know what you mean. I, um... What do you mean you could tell? Tell me about the first girl that you kissed. The only girl that I've kissed? Me? Only other girl that I've kissed. Florence. Flory. We were young. It was early in the morning. Fog was still slinking around in the corners of the garden. It was cold. First bite of winter. We were working our way through chores. We'd gone out to the woodshed, both of us, because there was a lot that needed splitting. At one point, it started to snow, real gentle. We sat on overturned logs to take a break. She was so beautiful, with the snow piling up her shoulders. And I just leaned over and kissed her. I don't know why, it just felt right. When I was kissing Flory, it was like everything was a different colour. I know what you mean. I bet you do. And it was just that once? Well, Flory and I was close. Close. For a long time. Before she married. And you never saw her again? That was a long time ago. I didn't know what to say to Margie, so I pulled her in. It felt like we kissed all night, pushing at each other, touching and feeling and tracing the same lines over and over again. Fingertips on flesh, fingertips in flesh. By the end of the night, I had told her everything I'd ever told anyone before. Oh my, was that your stomach? God, I think it might have been. We never ate the supper. Oh, we didn't. It's probably a charred mess, all gummed up in the bottom of the pot. Well, what else is in the larder? I reckon I could make us something to eat. No, don't leave. Let's keep like this. I like to be all pressed into you. Mm -hmm. We could fall asleep together. Wait for sunrise again. Then I wish for the sun to never come up. What does that mean? Just that a sunrise means back to regular life. The mid of the night is different. Night happens just as often as daylight. It's no different. Feels different though. Feels bad. Like sin. 
like you wouldn't dance with the devil if he came knocking. <sighs> well, I mean, he's probably a right good dancer. <laughs> That's the spirit. Now, what was this you said about making up something to eat? Oh, let's. Do you have any candles in that box? It wasn't dark when we came up here. I didn't think of it. Here, hold my hand. Your hand? Still. Come here. Ed, it's so dark in here. Yes, that's what happens when the sun sets. I'm well aware of the concept of night, of course. And if I remember right, it's you who's afraid of the dark. Storms, not the dark. There are biscuits in this tin? Oh, yes, grab those. And there's cheese wrapped in a cloth behind the eggs. I'll get a knife and pie. Didn't I see pie back here? Plum pie, yes. Oh, watch the beans. They're still everywhere. And we'll need the radishes and some of these. And those candied pecans. We'll take it all upstairs where it's warm and have a picnic on the bed. All this messy food on my clean bed sheets? Or we, uh, not without wine. Where did you get that? I always have tricks up my sleeve. You and your damn sleeve. What? Oi, come here. Catch me. I can hardly see you in the dark. I'm over here. Stop moving. Oh, you can't get me. Oh, Eddie. Do you want me? Yes, you want to get I me? <gasps> Eddie? Did you slip on the damn beans? <laughs> oh, Lord. Eddie? No. Edna? Please be joking, Edna. The wine. Purple. It's everywhere. Everything is purple. I think of eggplant. I think of beetroot. I think of... Blood. Blood. There's blood. Blood around your head. No. No, it's not real. It's not, Eddie. It's not. Not, 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 not. Eddie! I'm a strong girl. I have strong arms from the garden. Lived in laundry, needing that damn sop and bread. Carrying the water. And I can dig. I mound the potatoes and turn the winter rye. I'm a strong girl. I could lift her, tuck her into the cart. Her feet didn't fit, so I went and got her boots. I laced them up, careful not to tie too tight. I know she didn't need boots, but it, it felt so wrong to bring her outside without shoes on. I can't tell you why I didn't get someone. Get some help. It was night time, and night time is different. 
in the garden. I saw the rosemary. Woody and green and growing well. I pulled a sprig. Just one, so as not to kill the plant. And then I pushed the cart all the way around the back of her house to the field behind the laneway. I'm a strong girl. I buried her there in the field at the end of Store Street. And then I left. I'm a strong girl. Good morning. It's a beautiful summer's day out there. Construction on Princess Street's Big Dig project has finally reached completion, and the newly paved sections of the street have reopened to all downtown traffic. Perfect timing, too, for Kingston's annual Pride Parade will march down Princess Street tomorrow, beginning at 11 a.m. This year's celebration is set to be the largest in recent years, with Pride groups from the surrounding area all joining in. Highlights will include a visit from Dykes on Bikes, Drag Queen Storytime with the Kingston Frontenac Public Library, pop-up ghost stories from the Haunted Walk of Kingston, and free lavender lemonade. 